It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Game day, everyone. How are we doing? We are getting you ready for tonight's game against Vancouver. Let's take a look at the standings right now. The Sharks are currently sitting at fifth in the Pacific, two points ahead of L.A., who have been not necessarily playing better but earning more points. The Kings are 4-3-3 three, and three in their last 10, so they've earned in points in seven of those games. Three points back of the Sharks are Vancouver, who have won seven of their last ten. Eight points back of the Sharks are the Kraken, who just won the first ever battle between these two teams. Ahead of San Jose by just one point is Edmonton. Three points up on Team Teal are the Knights. Five points up on the Sharks are Calgary. And eight up on the Sharks are the Ducks, who with 39 points are arguably the surprise of the league at this point, or definitely the division. Now, looking ahead at the Sharks' schedule, Vancouver tonight, a weekend off to get some rest, and then Vancouver again on Tuesday. Edmonton on Thursday the 23rd, then another weekend off for the holiday. Monday the 28th in Anaheim, back home Tuesday night hosting the Desert Dogs, and Thursday the 30th hosting the Flyers before the Sharks go out on the road for four straight to kick off the new year. Let's take a look at news from around the NHL, and I'll start with our own San Jose Sharks, where Tomas Hurdle spoke about the Beijing Winter Olympics and the potential of going versus the realities involved with the current quarantine requirements. Yeah, it's it's tough one right now. You know, it's we we got some calls. You know, on Monday we talked about it. You know, with NHLPA, the rules and the restriction, and it's you know it was tough from the call get something positive. You know, it's it's. It's tough because you don't really know what will happen because we just say we don't really know what is happening there right now because they don't really do social media and stuff so we don't really know and and anything can change overnight you know we we seeing now with the omicron you know changing us same can be here so even if you fly next day can something change and you can be stuck be there even longer so it's really hard right now to think go there and you know be stuck there for five weeks it's just Seems almost almost impossible. So you know, I I want to go. I want to go. You know, it's tough to say no to this thing because I already miss Sochi because I got hurt my first year. You know, next year we, we didn't nobody go, but you want to go, but you don't want to risk like after that the season. You know, if you miss, you can miss almost full months. You know, and that will be fight for the playoff, and you don't want to miss that because. You don't have symptoms, nothing, but uh, you have to just be there because you keep testing positive. So. And Hurdle said he was waiting for more clarity. To say anything right now, you know, hopefully, like we will have more answer from NHLPA. You know, they try get direct with you know the Chinese government or whatever, and and hopefully figure out because um, if you get COVID, it has to be something else. You know, something shorted out because. It's really long, you know, to, to guys. If you, especially if you get last day, you know, because you never know with with COVID. So if you get last day and you have to be another four weeks there, it'll be really tough. So 
it's after all the call it's really the feelings are different you know you still want to go represent your country at olympics you know it's it's not a dream you get under five circles play for your country you know fighting for the best you can and and i kind of got exciting when you know the rules make up for the cba we, we going for next two olympics i got really excited but now it's you know it's tough you know it's all guys they have families they wanna they already like go month and they can miss two months, you know, and even here, you know, I miss playing for your team. You, you hear all and playing with your teammates because you get to the China, you know. So it's really different feelings, I think, for all guys right now because nobody expects three to five weeks quarantine, maybe max two weeks. I think it was like everywhere, everywhere else, you know, like here, even in Europe, you if you get COVID, you're two weeks out and that's it, you know, and, and this is something new for everybody. So... So hopefully we get more answers in, you know, next couple of weeks. And Sharks head coach Bob Bugner gave his two cents about the current COVID concerns for athletes wanting to rep their countries in Beijing. Yeah, I've been listening to, you know, what, what they're saying uh, um, about it. And I think, you know, I've never had a conversation with them, no. Um, but I don't blame them. I think that everybody, I think that these players would love to go and represent their countries. But uh, um, under the current rules, I can't even see how that's going to make sense for any of them. Um, you know, now what we're going through with COVID and everything else, um, you know, I'd be surprised that, uh, um, you know, if a lot of these guys went. COVID obviously dominating the sports headlines with outbreaks leading to reduced capacity attendance in Canada for the Leafs, Senators and Raptors. There are active outbreaks in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and across the pond, of course, in European soccer like the Premier League. Now, the Flames have announced two more additions to their COVID list, bringing it to 18 players and three coaches. They're not scheduled to play again until Tuesday, which would be a game against the Ducks. Patrice Bergeron is now among the six Boston Bruins that have tested positive for COVID and entered the protocols. They are scheduled to play the Islanders tonight. Of course, that could change. Um, This right now is being recorded at noontime on Thursday. Last night in the NHL, the Hawks beat the Caps 5-4 in overtime. The Rangers edged Arizona 3-2. The Desert Dogs 5-21-2 on the year. The Ducks all over the Kraken 4-1. Coming up this afternoon, the Flyers are in Montreal at 4. Also at 4, we have the Sens taking on the Lightning. The Kings are in Florida at 4, facing the Panthers. The Knights are among the early starters at 4, seeing the Devils. The Hurricanes host the Red Wings also at 4. The Bruins and the Islanders do battle at 4.30. The Predators host the Abs at 5. The Sabres are in Minnesota at 5. Edmonton hosts Columbus at 6. And, of course, your San Jose Sharks wrap up the evening at 7.30 hosting Vancouver. The Sharks are 2-2 two and two at this point in the homestand. Bob Bugner giving his thoughts. Yeah, we want to. Uh, you know, we talked about this for a, for a long time, and I think that uh, we got through last week, which we had some good good teams coming in, and there's no easy no easy games. These guys, like I said, are um, these guys are rolling now too. But, uh, you know, for me, it's more about where we are in the standings, and you look up and, you know, we're one point back of uh, a couple teams and, and not very far back of teams, uh, you know, in, in the sixth and seventh spot. So I think it's just a matter of uh, staying with the group and uh, you know and that means you got to win some home games it means you got to win games uh, and we want to be going into the break here with a, on a high note and a positive so um, there's a lot of hockey to be played it's uh, you know I don't want to call any game crucial at this point in time but I think that uh, we definitely want to maintain and, and uh, take some momentum into the break. 
And to now talk a little bit more about the Sharks and what we're going to see heading into tonight's game against Vancouver, we are joined by Sheng Peng. Of course, you know his work with San Jose Hockey Now as well as NBC Sports Sharks. Sheng, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, excited for this game tonight. I'm glad that we got here. Didn't even know if we would even have a game. Yeah, man, it was interesting watching this. It's been interesting watching you know, the COVID dominate the sports headlines once again as obviously we're looking at the Flames having uh, more players added. They're up to 18 now. They're postponed through Tuesday. We've seen more players added to Boston. Obviously, the Sharks are have already gone through this, and I think it was last week Logan Couture kind of joked about it, how they were the, um, you know, the guinea pigs for the NHL and their COVID policies. Now, looking back, have you wondered if the Sharks game should have been postponed, or do you say, you know what, they were able to make it work? Well, we sp- I spoke with uh, Bill Daly a couple of days ago, uh- days ago about it as I learned to uh, speak again <laughs> Bill Daly a couple days ago he said that in the shark situation the feeling was that there was not so much of an active transmission that they had sort of identified it and cut it off and it wasn't going to kind of overtake the entire team which it didn't mm-hmm. and every situation is, is sort of different and so just maybe unfortunate for the sharks maybe it felt like they were the guinea pigs but if you ask a, a Bill Daly, he will say that that wasn't the case, that it just was a case-by-case situation, and the Sharks just uh, didn't really quite, you know, the league doesn't want to postpone games, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's that's number one, and so the Sharks didn't quite meet that criteria. The Sharks were able to fill the entire lineup. The Sharks were able to be cap-compliant. And so that would that that was Bill Daly's uh, argument uh, back then, and to me uh, when uh, I spoke with him a little bit about it. And so I think uh, maybe it was just the timing, the coincidence of it just being the first team. It felt like the Sharks were just the guinea pigs, and maybe to some degree the NHL did not quite realize the seriousness of the situation with uh, Omicron and, you know, can't necessarily blame him for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, even talking to uh, Tom Osherdle today about some of the enhanced protocol that the players will be facing now, they're, you know, they're going back to daily testing, for example. And he sort of said like, yeah, we thought this was over, you know, when uh, they all agreed to get vaccinated and coming into training camp and, and whatnot. And clearly it's not over. You know, it's interesting to see all these guys kind of become, or, or be resignated to the fact or resign themselves to the fact that, you know, their Olympic dreams that they had previously are probably not going to happen due to the potential of a five week quarantine. I mean, you heard, you know, hurdle earlier today was very um, lengthy in describing yeah. his thoughts about it. Carlson yesterday. I mean, I think these guys are kind of realizing that yes, it was collectively bargained for, for 2022 and 2026, but you know, it's looking like less and less of a reality. Yeah, and uh, I think the the lesson we we learned from that is just, you know, the disease, uh, COVID, is always going to win until you stamp it out. Uh, And so, um, yeah, for the players, especially with Hurdle today, like you mentioned, you know, his disappointment was uh, palpable. He mentioned 2014, he couldn't uh, make it because he was injured or Mm -hmm. there was any possibility for him if he was selected. 2018, he would have been selected for sure, but... uh, they didn't go in 2018. Yeah. He was really excited. He mentioned how excited he was that it was uh, collectively bargained for in 2022 and 2026. Uh, I will say the one thing with uh, with what Hurdle mentioned, sort of the hope is that somehow the 
Spectre, the possibility of a three to five week quarantine can be eliminated and it can be reduced to a like a two week quarantine. He he hurdle said himself, you know, that's normal with other countries. You know, if you happen to test positive, uh, you know, elsewhere, you know, so hopefully a one to two week uh, quarantine. It is worth noting that. Uh, in the Olympic athletes playbook, the official athletes playbook that uh, has been uh, circulated, there is no mention of a three to five week quarantine, uh, as far as I know. But it's also worth mentioning that the thought is, though, that the Chinese government can implement what they want, kind of uh, whether or not it's in the playbook or not. And so... I think the for anything to happen with the NHLPA and the players going, there has to be a, a you know hard guarantee that if a player tests positive, if a trainer tests positive, anyone on the NHL side that they're not going to be held three to five weeks there. So looking at the Sharks right now, while I juxtapose it with what they did when they were shortened by COVID, and it was the the Sharakuda or whatever cute name we want to use, but they went three, two, and one. That's about 500, and that's kind of where they've been over the course of the year. They're really a team that's riding a 4-0 start to a record that's around 500 because 15, 13, and 1, sure. that's more accurately 15 and 14, just straight wins and losses. So how do the Sharks jump out of being this 500-ish team, or are they just not there yet, and they've got to prove to us that they can do it before we really talk about how they might be able to do it? They've got to find some secondary scoring, and the problem with that is that you've lost two possible secondary scorers in Kevin LeBanc for three months and uh, Rudolph Balzers for a couple of weeks now, and hopefully he can come back soon. And now you're leaning on uh, guys who started the season in a minor league, like Noel Gregg, who's actually made a nice account for himself in the dozen or so games he's played with the Sharks, but he only has one goal. He's, you know, at the end of the day, he isn't producing yet, even though he's getting a lot of chances and he has been quite effective. And they're going to throw out a Jaden Hobgo walks tonight. Uh, hopefully he can get something going offensively. But as long as the offense is only coming from whatever line that Timo Meyer is on, Tomas Hurdle, Eric Carlson, um, they're not going to, you know, hopefully Brett Burns can get a little bit going there. So he obviously has a track record of scoring and he hasn't scored a ton this year. But if you just look at guys' track records and where the scoring is going to come from, um, you know, there's not too too many places right now that the Sharks can kind of count on or that have the track record, you know, that uh, guys who have maybe started off slow and maybe will come on, maybe a Burns, maybe a Nick Menino who has been coming on a little bit, mm -hmm. but uh, they just, uh, they, they just got to kind of eke out these games. It seems like these kind of tight one goalish games, hopefully get the good goaltending, defend well and get just enough scoring. And it seems like, this is going to be sort of a season-long um, uh, issue, I guess. Well, you speak to that. I mean, if you look at the games against the Rangers, you only give up one goal. You feel like you should walk away with at least a point sure. and probably even win that game. You look at the game against the Kraken the other night. If you don't give up a goal until the third period, a, a fluky goal at that that ends up deflecting off one of your own guys' skate into the back of the net, you know, not only do you feel like that should be enough for you to be in a position to win – but it's just it's it's frustrating to watch them go through this where they do a lot of the little things well, but they're still not putting themselves in a, a chance to win winnable games. Like I said, if your goalie gets you through the first two periods without giving up anything, you probably feel like you should win that game. 
Right. No, absolutely. Um, and that's where we talk about some of the talent and the finishing and, you know, maybe not not quite the, throughout the lineup. It is in a better place, I think, than, than it has been in, in the last uh, couple of years with the yeah. Sharks, but not in a good enough place where we can talk about them as being a cup contender or even having that chance of being a cup contender. My theory on all this and, you know, worthless or with value, you all let you decide, is that there's so much effort being put into their identity right now and being the blocking shots, you know, keep it away from the front of the net. They're focusing so hard on that aspect that until that becomes who they are, as opposed to a a learning curve of becoming that the offense is going to continue to suffer until that's their natural style of play. Cause I think now there's still a lot of concerted effort to be that defensive first type team. Uh I will counter that a little bit. I, I, I just think it's sort of a, uh, they did just need more scoring. Last year, uh, they did not play as well defensively, and there wasn't as much of a concentration on it. Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to get back to their more sort of offensive roots last year. Uh, didn't quite work out, and they didn't score a lot of goals last year either. Mm-hmm. And so this is not like um, uh, necessarily a uh, a new thing with the with the recent vintage of the Sharks. They have had trouble scoring for a couple of years now, and a lot of it's just because they just don't have the overall depth in the lineup. And again, uh, as much as some fans will not bemoan the loss of a Kevin LeBanc or a Rudolph Balzers because they haven't really quite produced quite yet, um, those guys, the potential is there. Mm-hmm. And you need guys that have have that track record where maybe they can turn turn it around and get hot. Um, and there's hope, like I said, with guys like Benino and Burns who have done it before. And there isn't as it becomes more of a hope play uh, or you're just more hopeful when it comes to guys that are totally unproven, be it a no Gregor or Jaden Hobka walks. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's so much that they're, so focused. I mean, it is, that is what happens when you focus on playing defense. You do lose, lose some of that offense. But again, frankly, last year, uh, they weren't as good defensively and they weren't very good offensively last year either. What do you think of this game coming up tonight against Vancouver? Who obviously made the big changes. They've won seven out of 10. They're playing much better. How does this fare, you know, heading into this game tonight? Well, a couple weeks ago, you know, talking to Bob, you know, we're talking about this upcoming uh, month of uh, home games for the Sharks and look like a space for the Sharks really to take advantage of the, the good work they've done in the first couple of months and really start to, you know, pad their record here and, you know, get some wins at home, playing against teams that were kind of struggling like a Vancouver twice. Uh, they'll play Arizona later this month, Seattle. Um, and it's not looking quite exactly like that anymore. Um, Vancouver obviously has found its game. Uh, they just lost to the, the Kraken. So I think, uh, two and two at the homestand right now we're sort of at a pivotal point here uh if the sharks are serious about being a playoff team uh, this is going to be this you know remaining stretch of this month that they do not leave california they've really got to take care of some of these games and again it's not to diminish the competition vancouver is a very talented team up and down uh seattle is a very good defensive team and i think they've been let down by their goaltending more than anything but a very good defensive team and they showed that i think uh, against the sharks in the last game uh philadelphia has struggled but obviously a lot of talent in their lineup maybe not arizona but <laughs> but the point the point is though that the the, the sharks need to start taking a lot of these games against teams that are maybe on the same talent level as them 
if they want to make this push for the playoffs because there's not going to be a lot of games against teams like again not to not to uh, um, you know kick them when they're down but not like the Coyotes where there's a clear talent gap between the Sharks and the Coyotes and the Sharks aren't even necessarily cup contenders but you know we're talking about the Canucks the Kraken the Flyers teams like that those are teams in the same general talent level the Sharks have got to win 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 more of those games and so we'll see if they can start to kind of turn this uh you know average home stance so far two and two and really make it something uh the rest of this month Sheng, appreciate your time man keep up the fantastic work and i hope i can bug you again soon all right yep anytime man Again, that was Sheng Peng joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get you ready for tonight's game against Vancouver, which does get underway right here on the Sharks Audio Network at 7.30 with our pregame coverage starting at 7. Dan Rusinowski, Scott Hannon, they'll keep you up on all things San Jose Sharks and Vancouver and get you ready for that broadcast. But that wraps it up for this edition of The Build Up. Remember to join me tomorrow morning on Morning Tide as we look back to tonight's game against Vancouver and talk about the outcome, which we're hoping at this point will be in favor of San Jose, but that's why they play the games. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.